For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Another week with the Believe in Kentucky podcast alongside the 96 champ, the MOP, the NBA vet, double zero himself, Tony Delp. This is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Man, it's another day. Uh, Friday 13th, my daughter, Bella Leslie Delk, who was visiting a friend in Kentucky, celebrated her 17th birthday. So it made, made her dad 17 years old. I'm like, wow, you know what? I'm getting really old right now when I almost have and 18, about to be grown daughter. So uh, I had to FaceTime my daughter, tell how much I love her. She was spending uh, spending time with one of her good friends in the uh, state of Kentucky. So Bella Leslie Delk, love you and happy 17. Absolutely, 17 years old. That is, wow, so 2003. And she's a November kid like myself. So that's November, babies got to stick together. So you already know. <laughs> Uh, 17, man. That's, and that's your youngest? That's my middle daughter. I have uh, 22. Taylor is 22. Bella is 17. And then Trinity is 14. 14. So I got my little three ladies that I enjoy talking talking with and having fun with and getting ready to spend, uh, have a dinner with two tonight. So oh, cool. taking Taylor and Trinity out to dinner. So I'm so looking forward to that. And I think I have Bella. Uh, we, we're going to plan a Christmas uh, vacation together. So doing my daddy duties, man. Sometimes, no, just joke. I, I try to do as much as possible. It's fun. And especially as uh, your kids get older, you start seeing more and more of your personality, which I just saw from your kids. They have you and your wife personality. So that's, that's always a, it's a blessing, I guess, you know, when you're living and doing the right things. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's times I'll say something and I can hear myself sounding like my dad. And I don't even <laughs> Like man, that sounds just like it. And so yeah, now you see little mini versions of yourself. Is yeah, right. Yeah, they, they, they they grow they grow up and have those those some of those same. Uh, you know when they when they say DNA is really DNA and some of your same genetics and it's it's kind of like I tell I try to tell my uh, some of my kids and you know I tell the parents that you know you can't live by cares through your kids because of something that you never accomplished. You didn't accomplish anything in 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 that sport or or you wasn't successful, but you always give them words of encouragement. But when you try to really persuade your kid to be who you are, you always got to let kids and people have their own personality. And that, that's what I've done with my daughters is that I let them become who they are, you know, with the, not a lot of influence, but you, you do have influence on your kid's life because they spend the majority of their childhood with their parents. So they do pick up our good and bad habits. 
That's for sure. They soak it up like a <laughs> sponge for sure. And we coming at y'all as always on the Believe Podcast Network, believe.com. Go straight to the site and check us out or anywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, give us those five stars, put a comment on what you think about what you're hearing. And we also got to shout out La Terrain Watches for sponsoring us on Believe in Kentucky every week. Because you, being the legend you are, you got your own watch and you've been endorsing the company for a while. And then La Terrain sponsors us each and every week on Believe in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've done a, a tremendous job of not only sponsoring us, but, you know, also sending out merchandise to myself uh, along with uh, the blue band that I was requesting uh, a month ago. And when you have a great company behind you, I mean, it, it makes you go out and, and do a phenomenal job, not only promoting them, but, you know, having a pod, a successful podcast that podcast that you and I have been doing um, for probably about a couple of months now, maybe a few months. But it's enjoyable to me to get on weekly and kind of talk about sports, talk about um, life in general, uh, what's going on in the world, some of the social injustice we had podcast about that but when you have La Terrain who is promoting us and also um you know having such a great time piece you know we got to say hey the holidays are coming I know everyone is searching for a nice gift to get their spouse their husband uh significant other and why not go to La Terrain look up their watch collection and find you something nice and if you really like one I would say hey get the blue band and you add it's the compass watch at the blue band. That's what I would do. That's my choice of color. But if you like something else differently, they have other bands that you can also put on the watch. So lots of ring, big ups to you guys. Dave, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E. Lots of ring. Tell them you heard about them from the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Oh, and I just thought about, not to cut you off, Vinny, is that I think they're going to try to bring my boy on who I've been training the last uh, – Probably like the last few weeks is uh, Lamonte Turner from University of Tennessee. Mm. And hopefully he can be, become an ambassador and, you know, get those watches uh, popping in Knox, Vegas. Yeah. Might come with an orange band. I know, I know that that orange is very popular in Tennessee, especially up in, um, up in East Tennessee. So yes. if my guy comes on, Lamonte Turner, you know, he's a great ambassador, just a, an incredible, uh, human being just a really good talented young player uh works extremely hard so when you see people that walk in the gym i mean there's an instant connection to a young player like lamonte so i'm excited that i've been able to work with him trying to get him ready for uh for the pre-draft and hopefully you know if he doesn't get drafted he can go in and try for some of these teams and have a great showing so i'm trying to equip him with all the knowledge and um that's required and, um, you know, he'll take care of the rest. So, once again, going back to La Terrain, trying to bring on Lamonte Turner and try to make him an ambassador. There you go. They are doing their thing. They call themselves kind of the, the unofficial watch of the BBM. But they keep it up. They might become the official watch of the BBM the way they're going. So, never know. Yeah, um, I think so, man. Like I said, it, it's it's a – when I – Years ago, I, I I did have a watch collection. I was collecting a lot of watches, and uh, then I just stopped. You know, I'll get into something. It might be a, a, a style of shoe, a uh, might be hoodies. There's something that always draws me in, and when I get drawn in, I, I get addicted really fast. You know, so now I was telling telling someone I was like, man, now I might need another watch, a, a different watch, a bigger a bigger face. You know, uh, a different look. So I'm always looking for something different 
Because if you send me something nice, man, you got to send me, hey, it needs to have a twin. I don't want my watch to be lonely. You know what I'm saying? When you have a lonely watch, it's like having one child. Who had to play with that one child? <laughs> Mommy and dad. So it'd be like, okay, you know, we got to get your brother sister here. So that's how uh, my watch collection, that's how most times people watch collection, shoe collection, purse collection, it grows. It grows. It starts with one and you really like that one item. And next thing you know, you have another item and another item before you know it, you have a full collection. So that's what uh, La Terrain will present once you start you know, buying one timepiece. That's it. We appreciate La Terrain sponsoring the podcast. Appreciate a sea of blue putting every episode of the podcast on their website. Jason Markham and everybody there helping us get new listeners, new Kentucky fans, new sports fans, tuning in and checking us out each and every week. So check us out on Believe.com as well as a sea of blue.com. Tons of stuff to talk about on the Kentucky front. Uh, let's start first. You got to start with the sad news that um, the passing of assistant coach John Sklarman, uh, offensive line coach for Kentucky, he had, he had battled bile duct cancer uh, for a couple years, um, never missed a practice, still out there. Uh, when he's throwing up, when he's sick, mm. he fly to Houston for treatment and still come back for practice. So uh, really inspirational to the whole staff, to the whole, the whole team, especially the O-line, his position right. that he coached. But um, he passed away. He, the, the, speaking of Tennessee and Lamonte Turner, the Tennessee game was the last game that he was, you know, present for. On, right, in, wow. On the sidelines and coached against uh, the Vols. Ending that streak in Knoxville, Kentucky hadn't won there since 1984. He played for UK and, and suffered losses to Tennessee as a player. So got that monkey off of his back. Right. One down there in Knoxville. That was the last game he was at because they played Missouri the following week and he didn't travel to okay. Missouri. The things kind of went downhill for him quick. But he fought, he battled. Um, Anthony White and Van Howes, you know, played for Kentucky at the same time as he did. I was on their show uh, a couple of days ago. They did a tribute show. It's, it's called The Locker, a podcast. Uh, it's on YouTube. And they had a lot of former players, Tim Couch. A lot of guys did tributes and, and were on that, kind of doing a tribute to him last night. So uh, mm -hmm. that was really cool to listen to, to hear all their stories about <laughs> what a good dude he was. Just yeah. the, nobody had a bad word to say. You hear people say right. that all the time. <laughs> Literally nobody had a bad word to say about John Schlarman. So, you know, condolences to his family. Got four kids, three boys and a little girl, and yeah. his wife, Leanne. So definitely sad to hear about his past. Yeah, yeah. We definitely, like I said, want to send our condolences to his family and just to the, um, you know, not his intermediate family, but also his Kentucky family. You know, because I think once you sign a letter of intent, whether it's football, baseball, tennis, soccer, you know, you're a part of Big Blue Nation. So we definitely – you know, hearts are warm when um, someone's so young and when he's able to be able to inspire, you know, those young college football players um, and they saw how resilient he was. I don't think anyone understands, you know, when you go through that, that kind of treatment, the toll it takes in your body, you know, and, and my mom kind of was going through that at some point in time, you know, with that dialysis and a few other complications. So uh, it's tough. It's tough on you know, just the, the family, the kids, um, to know there's, you know, we're still trying to find a cure for cancer. I mean, there's millions of dollars and billions of dollars that we're putting towards the effort to, to find a cure for it. And when you start seeing, you know, young people, 
you know, in their 40s and 50s, you know, that, you know, my parents at least got to their 80s and that was never a concern about worrying about cancer. But cancer is something that, you know, we're hearing more and more about and there's so many different kinds of cancer, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I find to be so difficult is that, you know, uh, as they're researching, I know people, when they lose someone to cancer, like, what do I have to do differently? You know, what I, do I need to eat differently? Do I need to exercise more? You know, because if the cure is not found, we're, in our minds, we're thinking, <clears throat> what do I have to do in order for me to keep living, you know, a normal life and not be affected by it? But when it happens to someone, you know, because I lost a sister <clears throat> four years ago. So that kind of brought it to perspective for me, you know, when it's someone that close to you. Mm-hmm. And to know, like, man, there's nothing we can do. You know, the treatment is great. It prolongs your life. Some people are able to, to get through it and, you know, live a, a normal life. For those who don't, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult on everyone. But most importantly, that person. So as we talked about with um, your wife and we, uh, before we started our, our podcast is, you know, you have to have a strong faith. Because at some point in time, you know, we're all going to leave this place. But I think when you're connected and have that strong foundation, that's what helps get you through a tough time. And, 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 and also help the family get through tough time because you know what, when your faith is so strong, I remember when I was coming back and, uh, you know, when I was, my mom was passing in, um, in 07, you know, so I'm taking this flight back from Greece. I'm like thinking like, man, you know, all the wonderful years I spent with this woman, you know, it's, it's about to end. But when I got back, walked into the room, you know, we had, a, we, we was laughing, we were crying and she said, you know what? I'm ready to go home. And when she said that, I was like, I mean, she gave me, she gave us her blessings and we had to honor that. So, you know, it's, it's tough when death, death comes about. No one is really ever prepared for it. You know, we have to take it in stride. And like I said, for my, for me, losing parents, um, you know, we had to, you know, the legacy was left behind through us and then we got to pass it on to, our kids and when our kids are passed on to the grandkids. So there's so much that can be taken out of depth that, you know, we look at it, not in a positive, not in a negative way, but there can also be positive to come out of it as well. Yeah. And look forward to that time. Like we talked about you know, where we won't have to worry about sickness and death anymore too. Like we, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the comforting part of it for sure. Oh, oh, before we get started, somebody, your special, your significant other was like, we were talking about planning trips, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm not a huge planner. My lady would tell you like, man, you don't ever plan anything. I'm like, do you want the trip to go bad? <laughs> if you want me to plan it, do not let me plan it. So someone wanted me to ask you the question, what happened the last time you planned a trip? Wow. Well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the mic is rolling. Here we go. I, I had to think, but yeah. Oh, were we going to... I think we're going to Gulf Shores. We had a, a vacation plan. You know, she found us, found a spot, found a you know place you want to rent, pool for the kids, place for the beach. And she's real picky about it, but you know, uh, and wants it to be just right. And it always is because she, you know, she finds it and it, it works out well. Oh, I hadn't ever been to Mobile, Alabama, so I was like, let's just it'll be a little bit out the way. Let's pop up and go to Mobile first and then hop on down to Gulf Shores and spend however many days we was gonna be down there. And so I've looked for the hotel in Mobile. <laughs> so that was the first mistake. 
And I looked and I was going to book.com and looking online and trying to look at the pictures and make sure everything looked cool. Cause, and we pull up to this hotel, <laughs> man, it ain't, it ain't, that ain't it. We, we, <laughs> I mean, if it's just a couple dudes roughing it or something, you just need a place to sleep. You can't pull in with the wife and kids and they, and they, they want to stay in this hotel. It just ain't, it just ain't happening. So it was. It, 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 was, it, it looks it was terrifying. Tight. It was. It was janky. It was a little raggedy, and so, <laughs> so that was me playing the hotel. So on the spot, she got to looking and found a nice place to stay there right. in Mobile. She saved the trip, made the you know. But that's what they supposed to do. Hey, when we mess, see that. See that's what's supposed to happen when we mess up, man. Is you know, you got my back. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know. Come on now, you know I was I was gonna plan us a nice a nice hotel in this. Come on now, you know what? So you know what? But think about this too now. When you when you plan, can't hope she's not listening to podcasts. Though when you do something like that, then now she take the onus on herself. You ain't gotta worry about planning no more trips anymore. She's like, nah, you messed up that one time. So now sometimes it's okay to mess up. <laughs> Long term, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you know, a, a sometimes we gotta make them think they're smarter than we are too. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You, I, I probably, I pro- I'm probably not good at planning trips, you know. And but then you give them that wink, wink, like, okay, you're not right. <laughs> and, and you gotta, you gotta wink to the boys, like, listen, man, dad don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So long term, it yes, but in that moment, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it, 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 in that it. moment, might it might have been a little bit terrifying. She might have been like, you can't be, you can't be serious booking this hotel. <laughs> like, you know, you know what? You're gonna sleep here tonight <laughs> and we're gonna find another hotel down the room. We'll see you in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> we was driving across town. Everything was booked up. It was some kind of oh kind of festival hey, event coming through. So it made it that's tough. The worst. So we found a good one and it was like one room left. So I, I parked the car and went on in there and stood in line for like an hour. Right. Just to make sure I got this room. So <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I had planned and, and found the Raggedy Hotel. So yeah, but you know, that's that's what she was asking you about. Yeah, that's some hey, stuff though, man. You know, like I told you before, uh, planning trip takes a lot of time, and, and women women are much much better planners than we are keeping things organized. So, I kind of like you know, not to say I'm being a male chauvinist, but you know, if you better at your job than me, I will admit it. And just I'll be the first. Hey, I'm a bad planner. Okay, yeah. just go with the flow. I own it. Go with the flow. Oh yeah, that that place looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Hey, like I said, and you know this, being married nineteen years, being with your lady, your wife for twenty one years, is that <clears throat> you got to own when you're wrong. You know, that's that's one of the things that I found out that keeps the relationship, the strength of relationship is just admit to being wrong, move on, and mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's always. I think people always can work with you when you're honest, and not to say we're perfect. No one is perfect. Right. But the sooner you admit and own up own up to something, we can move on. You know what I'm saying? Just just admit it, move on. Hey, I'm a horror planner. So <laughs> if you let me plan something, don't be mad at me. That's all that's all I'm gonna say. Hey, I, I already told you this. So if you plan it, if I plan it, it's not what you want, don't be mad at me. You already told you this ahead of time. You know what you're dealing with here. <laughs> I like I like knowing that, you know. I I hate for people to deceive me, but when I know what I'm dealing with, then I always tell people it's your choice after that. I didn't make you take the trip with me. You chose to go with me. You knew I was going to mess this trip up. Yeah. Don't be mad. That's it. 
That's it. <laughs> you know, we got. I got a chance last night to watch the uh, the top two high school players uh, from the 2021 class and the 2022 class, Chet Holmgren and Imani Bates. And it was a really good game last night. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that. I know you was probably watching Big Blue Nation as they was uh, – they got an ex- exhibition game last night or they did a blue and white scrimmage? Kind of a, like a combine, did some drills. And okay. A little bit more more so like a – kind of like a pro day. Okay. It's a little bit kind of, yeah, so. Yeah, so – but, you know, j- j- but just getting a chance we'll, – we'll get to Kentucky here in a second, but getting a chance to watch the – the number one, number two player. You know, you very seldom see those guys. Here's what was impressive about him um, was that Imani Bates actually guarded Chet uh, Holmgren, which I was impressed with. You know, and Chet had a really good game. He's a a a, a highly skilled, uh, kind of like a Przingis, you know, a seven-footer that can put the ball on the floor, uh, protects the basket, a basket can shoot from outside, just has a complete game for – a, a player of his, of his caliber. So it, it just really lets you know where the game is at right now. When you can have a seven-footer that can get the rebound and push the ball down the court like a guard and make plays. And I was just – I saw him play last year at the Nike Basketball Academy, and uh, I was just even more impressed with how – not only how uh, his ability to score, but his ability to make his teammates better. And that's always a tough thing for when you're a top – top tier five-star player, how do you make your teammates better? Is the game easier for them? And I really saw him taking that upon himself because as great a player as you are, when you go into another talented player with other talented teammates, it's tough to win by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all right. So where where they where's everybody think they're going or do they do? well the money has already committed to um to Michigan State. Um, Chet has kind of like has a list of like North Carolina, Minnesota, where his dad attended uh, attended school, and he has um, I want to say seven teams. He narrowed his choices down to seven teams. So it's, but like I said, man, it it was just a really good game of them going back and forth and guys making plays. And it's so funny how the game is in the two thousand compared to how it was in the eighties and nineties. I'm like, wow, man, you see these. These hybrid, these guys who are, um, I would say, versatile. You know, they there's, like you said, it's such a positionless game. When you can see a guy of that caliber bring the ball in the court, I mean, it's it's impressive. It's impressive for, you know, me being being a guard. You know, it's, it should be impressive for fans. You know, to see, wow, how's that guy that big dribbling the ball in the court like a guard? But when players are being trained now, it starts at such an early age of seeing. Um, people hire trainers. So they hire specialists for their kids to give their kids all the opportunities, you know, where they can be the best player they can be. And that's kind of like with the Tony Basketball Academy. You go to TonyDuck.com if you want to know what's going on. Keep up with our calendar. But what I try to, to implement and work on in my academy is, is being fundamentally sound. And whether you would at my academy or you go somewhere else, you know, you're probably going to hear the same language. But how receptive to you are when somebody's not critical of your game, but someone is trying to help your game. And I think this younger generation, um, you know, they take it personal sometimes when somebody, and I'm not going to say I would attack your game, but when I tell you, hey, you might need to practice more, that's something that's going to help you out. 
you know, it's not going to it definitely help our team out. It'll help your teammates because they know they're playing with a really good player who really loves basketball and works on his game. But I think the overall landscape of basketball, it allows you opportunities if you can play, if you can dribble dribble the ball, you can play positional basketball now. So I would just love if someone told told me back 20, 30 some years ago, this all you need to work on these things right here. You think I wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna be a sponge and absorb all that? Man, I'm listening. I'm like, oh really? You've been you've been on that level that, that I would love to get to, and this is what I have to do? Come on, man. I'm a student. Who was the, you know, the first hybrid big to be able to dribble and make plays? Are we talking, we talking Derek Coleman? Did he have a little bit of that? Or yeah, you know what? I have to say, DC was one of the first mm-hmm. left-handed. Uh, came out of Syracuse. Uh, I got a chance to play with two bigs that I thought were really talented, um, passing and being able to bring the ball down the court. That was Chris Weber and Vladi Divac. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I can't. Dude, I'm forgetting Anthony Mason. Okay. The point forward, yes. Uh-huh. Mace attack. Mace was my dude. Mace, Mace actually took me on his took took me on his wings as a uh, as a as a rookie when I played with Charlotte Hornets and man, you know, God rest his soul. A uh, uh, a really he was a great human being from a standpoint of what we talked about earlier. Someone having your back, like if something went down, that dude was with you. And when you have people like that, you know, that's, those are the people that if something happens, you know, man, hey, I, I only have to look behind me. That dude going to be with me. He was that kind of teammate. And a teammate, for me being a rookie, was really trying to get acclimated to the, the speed and just the, the physicality and how important it was to make quicker decisions. Because once the ball crossed half court, you only have – 10 to 12 seconds to know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the game, um, you know, once you get to that level, um, you start seeing, like, there's so many possessions that they go fast. 20-point lead, been in games, been up 20, and within 8 to 10 minutes, we're down, like, two points. Mm-hmm. That's how fast the game is. It, it is a fast-paced game. And really got even faster in the – I think in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. because now what they did was they kind of eliminated the hand checking. Mm-hmm. So they wanted more freedom of movement. And then you start seeing by 2010, 2010, 2013 was now analytics popped in where people start believing you know, threes are better than two. So you start seeing you know, the scoring go up a lot more, but it, it was it was always exciting just to be a part of, you know, just the evolution of the game. It's kind of like music. Music kind of – I was just mentioning to someone, I'm like, man, rap music is different now than it was in 1990. <laughs> but, but, but the time – but the time, you, you change in the times, you know, and I think players, um, you know, have also changed from the time I played it to now. It's even like parenting. Parent is a lot different now uh, than it was then, 20, 30 years ago. So – so I've been meaning to ask you about Mace anyway, you know, because the first few episodes of this podcast, I was just asking you stuff that I wanted to ask you because you know, <laughs> I met you and I was like, oh, I'm asking this, I'm asking this. Right. But we we mentioned Mace in every few episodes, but never went into detail about him. I mean, built like a tank, like you yes. said, left-handed, mm-hmm. uh, 
what was he like off the court? You talk about he got your back. Looked just like he was just always just you know. Hey, don't mess with was he cool? Was he laid back? What was he like? Hey man, I, I've gone out with Mace a couple times, man, and and. <laughs> The one thing I can tell you was, like, if a fight broke out, man, like I told you earlier, you want to have Mace on your side. But that dude was – you know what? But but it was, but it was people respected him. I mean, they respected not only how big he was, his size, but when you saw him play, and that's what most people, when they would come up to us, which a lot of people were scared, you know what I'm saying? Because Mace, Mace had been in, some, in a few altercations with people, man. He, Mace was in an altercation with some policemen. It was like – quite a few policemen. I'm not talking about one or two. They came with a squad of people. And I think I, I, the story might have been Mason and, and, and Charles Oakley. They handled a lot of policemen, man. Like, it, it was – like, it, it took more than one or two guys just to come out. <laughs> one or two guys couldn't get the job done, man. They brought, like, maybe, like, 15, 20 dudes, man, and them dudes, what? You talking about Mason, Oakley, man? When they're talking about some grown men handling some little cops, is some little cops that were scared, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm just happy neither one of them got hurt, you know, got shot, got, you know, there could have been all kind of, but they actually knew who these guys were. So it wasn't like it was somebody you met on the street. Like these are high profile athletes. Mm -hmm. So when you approach them, you're going to approach them differently than someone off the street. But with Mace, every, just how hard he played, man. If you watch the game of basketball when he was with the Knicks and I got a chance to, you know, be with him and uh, with Charlotte Hornets was that he played so hard, man. I, I don't think I ever saw somebody that could go out, have fun, be out to like four or five in the morning. We had practice next day. He come in, he goes just as hard as he went out the night before, you know, it's like, man, it, it was like, it wasn't even a transition, man. I'm like, dang, man. How is this dude doing this? You know what I'm saying? How you go from what all what he did last night, bringing it to practice next day, and then get ready for the game the next night? You know, so it, it was just that man. He was a he he was a machine when it comes to just like what he did on the court, off the court, how he lived. Man, it was just. And then on top of that, he would do anything for you. I remember when I had my camp, my second year. I think it was my second season. And I called him. I said, hey, Mace, I mean, I want you to come down and speak to my kids. And, you know, he went to TSU, so he went to TSU. He was like, oh, yeah. He said, man, listen, he was in Charlotte at the time. I'm, I'm going to drive to Nashville. I got some people there. Got to say what's up to, speak to them. And uh, I'll be there in the morning. So I'm like, Mace, I need you here at 8 o'clock in the morning. So Mace got there at like 7 in the morning. So we chopped it up for a whole hour before my campus got there. And everybody was like, dude, how did you pull this off? I said, man, this, when I say this is my dude, dude, this is my dude. So just those little things of just coming through, um, you know, being a New York, a New York cat, I mean, New York to the fullest was he, you know, and I was just this country kid, this country boy. But we, we, um, I usually connected, I had a good connection with New York guys, you know, having, Maybe having like a Jamal Mashburn, uh, Andre Reddy, Roger Rose, who's from New Jersey, New York guys, mm -hmm. we had something in common. And then even going back to my really good friend, John Wallace. John Wallace and I were McDonald's All-American roommates. So that was my first taste of having, you know, a New York guy, us interact with one another, you know, seeing that we're from different parts of the country, but we still had something in common. And that's the one thing that kind of bridged the gap is that you have to res respect 
a person's game. And that's what that was the one thing that people always could say about me, man. Dude, I respect your game. I respect how hard you play. And that meant a lot to me. And just seeing him and him and, and then just seeing me grow, you know, un, under his tutelage, I think that was something where he reminded too. He was like, dude, you like me. I said, no, I'm not bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna back down. I don't back down from nobody. That's just how we kind of roll the same way. And that's how I've always been. I'm like, dude, I played the fraternity during during the season. And my coach didn't even know about it. And I was like, dude, and I'm telling you, and they was they put us through a lot of stuff, man, pledging in. But you know, we persevered though. I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not quitting. <laughs> you, you, you got the right one here. I'm that dude that's I'm gonna get to the end because I'm just I was built differently. I think having older brothers and you know, having them beat me for so many years, like it it built mental toughness that I was like, man, dude, yeah. I'm gonna beat y'all at some point in time. I'm just not gonna be that kid to go in the house, start crying and don't want to play basketball and go play another sport because I couldn't win. No, I love it. I'll see you tomorrow. If we get in the fight, you beat me up. We're going to fight. We're going to fight the next day. We're going to fight until I win. You know, I'm going to bring a bat. I'm going to bring some, I'm going to bring some to the fight next time. You know what I'm saying? Just be prepared. That's how I roll. Speaking of getting to the end, how you think basketball does? We we seeing some football cancellations this weekend. Yeah, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Texas A and M. Half the games in SEC are canceled. When we start going to a gym and moving things inside, how do you think it's gonna go for college basketball? We saw the the Ivy League already canceled basketball throughout the whole conference. So how do you how do you think it's gonna go? I mean, you know, this is this was a a weekend of a, a lot of cancellation, especially like some big game cancellation. And I know the NCAA, SEC, some of these major, these uh, power five conferences really didn't, didn't want to, but they, they have to, I mean, you're kind of forced to do it with, especially with there's so many cases ramping up, you have to be, you know, it's not about the money. I think it's about the safety of the kids right now. And I think that's what most of these commissioners, um, a lot of decision-making is coming down to, Hey, we got to look out for the kids. You know, it's a, you know, the money, the money will be made up in time. This is not, not one of the years where, you know, a lot of people haven't lost money and lost. Most importantly, they've lost their lives mm -hmm. and you can't get those back money. You can get money back. You can't get a life back. Mm -hmm. And so they have to make the right decision where, you know, as a young 19, 20 year old kid, I mean, I want to play too, you know, not to say that I wouldn't be a 19, 20 year old kid thinking that, okay, man, I'm, I'm invincible. Even if I catch, I'm going to bounce back. And, and we don't really see athletes, you know, being affected. And uh, as some of the people who are older, some of the people who have underlying health issues is that you're thinking like, even if I were to get it, I'm going to be fine. But what you're doing is you're spreading it to other, other teammates that might have older parents or people that they have to come in contact with. So it's not just about you. So when the NCAA commissioners, as they're having these, these, these meetings and kind of figuring out, okay, our next season where there's going to be, there could be a lot of exposure is basketball. Because at least with football, it's, it's in a bigger, bigger space. Mm -hmm. Some of the games are outside. Now, when you start bringing people in, a, in an arena, closed building, that's when it changes. Because now, how many people are you going to let in a building? You know, I know you have to buy purchase tickets online. Uh, but how, what are the number of tickets they're gonna um, they're gonna sell? What is the seating gonna be in a, in an arena? So there's a lot of things. There's gonna be a lot of trial and error, and I think we all have to look at it and see how 
each conference handle or take care of their business. And then there is something that we can take from each conference, but it, it won't be anything like what the NBA pulled off. I mean, I think what the NBA MLB pulled off was remarkable based on, you know, getting the right amount of teams and especially with basketball. Cause you know, we, you can just have everybody in one place. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, I think that's the only way you can try to contain it is by having, you know, in one place. But once you start traveling, going places like football players are going cross country, it's hard to monitor what 19, 20, 21 year old kids are going to do every day, all day, man. It's, I, so I just, I really feel bad for the kids because it's putting them at a point where, as we talked about earlier, you know, they really, really have to be disciplined throughout this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, we, we talked about a little bit of the combine. The, the biggest takeaway is, you know, they are really long. A lot of six, seven guys, you know, with, with the Jackson and Ware and, and Boston and Terrence Clark. Uh, Sar is a big man. He got a lot of reviews. Smooth jumper. He was showing more range than everybody thought. He was stepping out and shooting threes. You personally, every every year when basketball season rolls around for Kentucky, what are you, and of course we know you were on the staff too, what are you watching? Are you are you just watching the guards more so? Are you watching how what they do defensively? Mm-hmm. What, is there anything in particular that you watch or does it change from year to year? Or how do you how do you approach it when you when you're finding what you look for with the Kentucky teams? But really, you know, my approach is different and especially having been on this on this staff and, and kind of seeing how the improvement took place month to month. So I usually look at Coach Cal teams right around SEC time, right around it starts in, for me, February. Like going from January, end of January to going into February, I like to see where they're playing. I really don't take a whole lot of – I don't put a whole lot of stock into how they how they start the season. I, I really – it's not that big of a deal to me. Because like I tell people all the time, championships are not won in November, actually be December this year. So you don't want to peak too soon. Mm-hmm. He knows – his teams peak at the right time. Players peak at the right time. It's like having a young kid that's nine or 10. Do you want your nine or 10 year, 10 year old kid to peak at nine or 10? Or you want him to peak at 16 or 17. And there's certain, there's certain parts of the season where you also want to peak and you got to peak towards the end going into March madness. That makes sense. Yeah. You got to peak the one. Um, the March Madness time, and even though – so even conference play gets you ready mm-hmm. to peak, you know, for March Madness. And that's where I've seen this, this team excel at the for, for pretty much this whole tenure there, man. I'm like, wow. You know, you start seeing the Shea Gilders, Alexander, those guys get better. I'm like, man, I didn't know he was going to be that good, you know. And, you know, you'll start seeing a Tyler and Eulis who became the, you know, SEC player of the year. And I'm like, man, Tyler was good. Jamal Murray, you start seeing guys really find their own. And then the continuity and the chemistry gets so much better mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, you know, that's where, you know, and, and it takes time because he has such a, a a turnover when it comes to players, man. So, Cal, I mean, it's, it's a tough job. I mean, every year I'm just like, I'm amazed at what he does, you know, with those guys, man, getting 27, 28, 30 wins. I'm like, man, that's, that's remarkable on, on him as a coach, but also – He's done really good at keeping um, staff members there. Like John Robick has been 
um, someone that's been with him since he's left Memphis. And it's hard really to keep guys that are good coaches around that many years. And so it's, it's, it speaks value for what Coach Cal and the trust he has in, in certain guys. And like we talked about uh, maybe the last podcast, the one before, is, you know, what Tony Barber is going to be able to do, uh, Bruce is going to be able to do. Those are, are guys who are seasonal guys who have been head coaches, but also guys that he trusts, believe in, and he knows them. And, and most coaches are going to tell you, how do you make my job easy? Mm-hmm. All I ask for you to do, make my job easy, because I'm going to have enough things on my plate that I can't that I, I, I can't worry about everything that takes place. When you have a good staff, man, you can go home and sleep well at night. But when you have a staff that you got a question, they don't know what they're doing, man, listen, you got to sleep with one eye open. You know, one eye open with your, with your phone on ring, not on mute. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> We think about Cal got those quarantine locks. He got that hair flowing now. We think he letting that stuff grow out now. We think about that. <laughs> hey man, Cal, Cal got a new look going, man. I mean, hey, ain't nothing wrong with it. Hey, I, I think sometimes it's like, you know, my gray, my gray start coming. I'm like, man, do I gotta keep shaving and keep my face nice and clean? I'm like, you know what, man, I gotta do something different. I'm gonna get this beard. I'm, I'm gonna let this salt and pepper come in, but it's more salt down than, than pepper, so mostly, mostly salt now. And then it was a new look, a different feeling, and, uh, you know, a new season. You know, it, it's been tough this year going, getting through uh, the pandemic. But, you know, what Cal has done a good job, he stayed in, in constant communication with so many people around the country, you know. And, and I know he's been talking to the commissioner, uh, other coaches around the country, and making sure that they're doing everything right to protect these kids. And that's the most important thing for all these coaches how we're protecting, um, not the brand, how, how we're protecting our kids. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping because I got a few more gray coming in the mustache, but I guess I just need to quit tripping. Let it go, that. man. Listen, they, they don't start plucking and pulling. Just let it go, man, because, I mean, it, it's coming. <laughs> and when it comes, it, it, it seems like, seem like it doesn't stop, man. I'm like, hey, come on, man. A few gray would have been cool, but I didn't need all this gray, man. I really didn't. What what I what I do to get this great this young I think yeah but no as, as they say it's, it's the wisdom that's coming that's right that's right now you talk about how Cal does a good job of not getting them to peak too soon it's probably gonna come back to bite me but it looked like them Tennessee Titans peaked a little too soon to me I'm just saying five and zero and now we oh man six and three <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying uh you know what it's I'm gonna take that with myself. I'm 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 gonna own that one. Titans fan Tony Delqua own what has happened to our five and zero start for our Titans. I picked up the phone. I called a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I was giving him the business. I mean, like the real business. Like, dude, it might it might it might be popping the next time I see you. That's how that's how mad he got at me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, and next thing you know, we took that loss. I was like, man, you know, you lose to a a good Pittsburgh still a fan, mean team. I mean, I'm, that's legit. No. But you cannot lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know Joe Burrow was a really, really good quarterback. You know, and our defense got to get better too. But that's a bad loss. An uh, aging old Phillip Rivers. Did you see when he fell down last week, man? And the guy <laughs> – like when you 30 – like, oh, and, and, and I can vouch for this too. Like, I mean, last time I think about three years ago, I was trying to race. Excuse me, I was trying to race someone, and uh, <laughs> man, I pulled my hamstring. I was like, "Oh man!" 
and I, and, I, and I try to I try to fake it too, man. I was like, I got in the car, I was like, man, I, I start grabbing the back of my leg. I went and got some of that KT tape. I was like, listen, that's the last time I'm gonna be racing anyone that's <laughs> o- that <laughs> that's over ten years old. <laughs> so anyway, going back to Philip Rivers, I'm like, man, this dude. But you know what? He had a really good game. It was kind of like when you see a, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing would happen with Tom Brady. You know, he he was, I mean. New Orleans killed the Saints. I mean, just made them look so bad twice. You're right, back twice in the same division. But when you have a bad game as a as a Hall of Fame or a really good quarterback, you know, or even a good team, you seem to bounce back. You know, you get focused, and you know when you get embarrassed and get beat. You know, if you got any ounce of toughness and heart, it comes it comes out the next time. So hopefully, you know. They'll be ready. They'll be ready next game. But I, I should have just kept my mouth quiet, you know, and, and while, while Dallas was getting beat down, still getting beat down. It's still a beat down. At least we are. You know, we was playing for something last night. Y'all haven't been playing for anything, but who knows? Y'all playing for maybe a lottery pick. I don't know. Just right, yeah. Yeah, you know, just America's team. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was – I knew it wasn't going to happen. You know, they, they got their hopes up. I knew it was way too much time when they got up on Pittsburgh the way they did. And then they started getting field goals instead of touchdowns. So I knew, I said, this is not going to – this thing going to work. They're going to let Big Ben, you know, have time to bring them back. Had they found a way to hold, hang on and win, you know you was going to get a text from me saying, and that's how you beat the Steelers. Since right. you know, that's who gave you all your first loss. But it didn't happen. You Man, knew- I wasn't worried about that. You know, yeah, hey. When when you a a two touchdown underdog, I mean, I, I would hope you got some fight in. I'm like, man, they better have some fight in. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been a two two touchdown underdog, and 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 guys know that. Guys know that. Like, man, I mean, not only are they not giving us a chance, they maybe we're we're fourteen point underdog. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe, you know that this. Titans get a little mini bye week since they played on Thursday. They, they get this weekend off, and then they got, you know, 10 days off that might might get them straightened back out. We we shall see. Oh um, Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, this week. Because, like I said, um, there are some good games. But I really was I really was looking forward to, like I said, that, that Ta- Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Because I wanted to see uh, A.B. I wanted to see what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just trying to you know trying to fit guys in. That's that's what makes it tough when you pick up guys doing, whether it's NBA or it's football. You know, you pick up guys late in the season and trying to get them acclimated with the system. Speaking of NBA, you know, it's everything's about to happen so fast. The the draft is coming up right around the corner. You think what do you think happens in free agency? I mean, it's it's gonna was it next week? It starts. You think it's be any big moves or just kind of secondary lower tier players doing the moving this year? Uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, team's need and, you know, person and also just fit into the right system. You know, a lot of times, you know, you're trying to find guys that fit into your system. And I think that's the one thing, like even years that I was being traded is just trying to come into a situation and, not do too much, but not do too less. It's mm-hmm. really just trying to find your happy medium. And it's always late in the season when you know, I, I hate I hated to get traded late in the season because you know that season and those players, 
uh, are already in rotation. So when you have players in rotation, now you're trying to beat guys out, unless you're like this superstar. Like when superstars get traded for one another, they just go right away and just start filling right into a position that they just left. But for role players, it's always harder. I mean, it's always harder to go somewhere that, you know, you don't know the system and you they, they already have role players like yourself. Mm-hmm. So unless you're like a specialist, that's when it changes. So really it's going to be based on what teams, what personnel team needs and how do guys fit in. Yeah. The other thing, the big news that was going on during the, the pro day for Kentucky was Matthew Mitchell, the, the women's coach, Kentucky women's basketball coach, retiring uh, after 13 seasons, winning his coach in women's, you know, the program history, um, still having lingering effects from basically a concussion. He fell on a trip with his family, had headaches, 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 had to have surgery, had bleeding on the brain. The statement was he was still just couldn't feel like he could do the job like he felt he should be able to do it. And so he mm-hmm. retired yesterday, said the timing is bad because the season starts in you know, 12 days. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of the big news. Aside from Coach Larman and then the pro day and the combine, you had Matthew Mitchell retiring from the head coach of the Kentucky women. That was tough news, man, because, um, you know, he has done an exceptional job um, as a coach there. And, you know, to see someone, you know, in their prime doing well, and, you know, I know he took a tough fall, you know, when there's anytime there's bleeding on your brain, I mean, that's, that's something that's very, very serious. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, heart goes out to him and his family. I know this was the one passion that he had, the one love that he had, and he gave it his all. Mm-hmm. And just to walk away, not really, it's different. You walk away on your terms, you know, but when it comes to your health issues, you know, you only, like I said, you only get one chance to do this. You got to make sure your health is in place and you're addressing that issue um, that it's, it's tough, you know, for his coaches, his players, he recruited those players there. And now you got to tell him like, Hey, you know, I, I can't, I can't lead my troops. And it's tough, you know, being in that position, but you know, right now he has a family that, that needs him and he got to spend time with them, make sure that, you know, um, you know, he's doing right by his body and, you know, coaching takes a lot of, a lot of time, it's a it's a stressful job because you have having to manage so many different personalities. All the responsibilities fall, not all of them. You know, you have your assistant coach to take on some responsibility, but everything comes back on you mm-hmm. because you are the one. You are the head honcho when it comes to when they want to speak to someone. If something happens with a player, you know, they want to hear from you. So, you know, and he's done it for, for 13 years, even longer, because you got to go back to being an assistant coach. And, um, you know, it's, it's for coaches who are lifers, it's a way of life for them. That's all they know. So now he has to go back second phase of, of life and kind of figure out you know, what I'm going to do next. But most importantly, you know, he got to make sure his health is in great condition so he can be around his family. And that's where it's tough to see someone like him, um, you know, having, having to leave and walk away. You know, but he is walking away on his own terms, um, I would think. And, you know, I know he would love to stay and coach this group of girls. They're going to have a really good season. And um, so you just want to make sure that as he walks away that, you know, his health is is, is going to continue to get better. And uh, we'll keep him in our prayers. 
You know, mm-hmm. he he won't he won't be gone. He won't be forgotten. He's just gone. Yeah, yeah. And so, still gonna be in and around Lexington as the plan, uh, and probably was gonna be the best team maybe Kentucky's ever had. I mean, they mm-hmm. are loaded. Uh, Ryan Howard, who was from Tennessee, from Cleveland, Tennessee, SEC preseason first team All American. That's never happened for Kentucky women before. She's the first one to ever get that honor. Mm. Um, I think Michaela Epps didn't even get that honor, but Brian yeah, Howard was, Michaela was a baller. Yeah. Uh, Treasure Hunt, I think it's from Crossville. She's from Tennessee as well. So she was coming in, uh, had a couple transfers, a girl transferred from Auburn and uh, the Masson girl girl transferred from Tennessee, from the Vols. Right. So uh, loaded, even got a girl from Harlan County, Blair Green from where I went to where, you know, it's, if I was in high school now, that's where I would have went. They can combine them. Harlan County, right. she's there and got some run last year. So they were definitely loaded. Um, Kyra Elsie, who was like his top assistant, she's going to be the interim head coach now. Okay, Kyra, do, do your – Yes, yes. My girl, Kyra. I was, I was with Kyra years ago um, when she first came in. Yeah, and, hey, I, I think y'all kind of parallel – you from Tennessee, went mm-hmm. to Kentucky, won a national championship. She's from Kentucky, Lorraine, LaGrange, Kentucky, goes to Tennessee mm-hmm. and wins a couple titles for Pat Summit. Y'all kind of got the little crisscross yeah, yeah. thing going on. And she's good. Like I said, she's you know, she's ready for the job. And I know, you know, when you recruit these girls, you really get a chance to know them um, probably better than the head coach, to be honest with you, because you're, you're constantly on the phone with them, texting them, going to see them. So – these are probably her players, uh, just as much as they, they were Coach Mitchell. But, you know, you, you kind of have a different connection when you recruit the girls because you actually go out there and find them, and, and then you become, like I said, you basically become someone who now is recruiting them and kind of getting them to buy into the system. Okay, you're going to be here, what you're going to learn here. Um, and that's what really helps the kids out, you know, is, is that having a good assistant that gets to know their family mm-hmm. and you spend a lot of time as a head coach, you know, like I said, you have so many responsibility and you kind of get them when like signing day, when they come on campus and then you still take your visit to see them and watch them play occasionally. But when the assistant coach get locked in, it, it, it becomes your job. You know, that's your, like you're, you're attached to those kids and, and it hurts sometimes when you, when you spent months, Recruiting a kid, flying, texting, phone calls, and that kid goes to another school. It's, it's it crushes you sometimes. I'm like, man, you thinking to yourself, what did I do wrong? Right. But at the end of the day, they have a choice. You know, you, you're you're recruiting just like the other teams are recruiting them. But um, so I think Howard, she would do. I think she's going to do extremely well. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, to that point where the girls know her really, really well from you know recruiting process. The guys on the on the video tribute last night for Coach Larman, I forget who it was, but one of them said, you know, you love your head coach, but you love your position coach. Yeah. So it's the same same kind of thing. Yeah. Same kind of ball. Because those coaches are in the trenches with you. You know, when you're having a bad game, man, your head coach don't – I mean, he'll talk to you, but it's like, man, go – that's what my assistant coach for. Go. So you got to always – you got to turn the assistant coach because He understands he's been with you, man. He brought you there like, dude. How can I not go to you? And, you, and you're the reason, you're the real reason why I'm here. Because as much as I love playing for Coach Patino, Billy Donovan brought me there. 
Like if there was no Billy Donovan, I'm not, I'm for sure I wouldn't have gone to Kentucky. I'm a hundred percent sure I wouldn't have gone to Kentucky, but he had me so like, he was so involved in my, my daily life, my routine, uh, talking to my family. I felt it was my obligation, man. Like I'm gonna go help this man, you know, and it wasn't about, he was about to lose his job, but I just felt it was, he made me feel comfortable. He made me feel like you're leaving the home, but man, you have a second home here in Kentucky. And that was the reason why when I look back many, many years ago is why I went to Kentucky. Billy had an influence on my decision. You said that he was the good cop. We talked about how KP was a good cop. <laughs> so now will Barbie be a good cop? Will Jay Lucas be a good cop? Who, who steps into the good cop role now for this year? That's going to be Tony, man. Tony's a good dude. Uh, oh, <laughs> No, KP was bad cop. <laughs> KP okay. was not no good cop. Okay. okay. <laughs> KP, but, but you know, but he he was a good bad cop. I mean, you know, he he's one of those bad cops on the court. But then once you get to his office, man, I mean, just unbelievable dude. You can have hours of conversation with him just about life, basketball. He was that dude. But he was, you know, he got the most out of you on the court. You know, mm-hmm. like you was gonna give one hundred and ten percent and then some. And I see. Tony being Tony's a good dude. Tony's a. It'll be hard for me to see Tony being like a bad cop. Bruiser might be your bad cop, man. Now Bruiser, <laughs> you know that name. Like you gotta live up to your name, man. You can't be Bruiser and 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 be nice and sensitive. And man, I'm Bruiser. Mm-hmm. Like you wanna know how I got my name? <laughs> That's how I got my name. I'm a Bruiser. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, really is having having and finding the balance mm-hmm. between you know being a good coach. And being a coach that that has to be hard and disciplined players, so you got to have a balance of being able to do both. And the players have to respect your body of work and respect what you know the outcome that happens when you make a decision. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be consequences. Some can be good, some can be bad. Mm-hmm. Don't make those bad choices to make my consequences on you tough because mm-hmm. they will be. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, you know, even with your boys, you know, you've already instilled structure and discipline. So if they move on and go places. Hey, I'm not gonna be with you all the time. You know, you go, you gonna go visit other people. You can go spend a night at someone's house. As a as a player, you know, you gonna go out. You gonna have fun. But when you have something in the back of your mind of someone who you respect, and you know, I'm letting them down, man. That person's watching me. Yeah. Is you know, you think twice about that decision. Like you know what? Maybe I need to just get in the car and go home or, you know what, I'm about to end this night. You have to make decisions, responsible decision. And I think it really, to be honest with you, starts as a kid when you're not always with your parents. Because most times when kids get hurt, injured, hurt or injured, it's when their parents are not around. Because mm-hmm. they know how to act when their parents are there and their parents are watching their butt. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I got my eye on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think you, but when that when that eyes not on on your son or daughter, you know they they, they gonna they gonna try to they gonna try to do something they shouldn't be doing. And I think the same thing with players, you know, as they become eighteen, nineteen, they 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 have become adults and they've left the house and they don't have a curfew anymore. And it's like, but you still have responsibility, not only to yourself but to your teammates and the coaching staff. And then at some point in time, it will be the city that you play in. Mm-hmm. So you just hope. Hope the conscience kicks in when it should, you know, when when nobody's watching or when mom and dad ain't around and that's yeah. when 
you hope that conscience does what it's supposed to or moves you to, you know, you feel it prick you. Just do you you know. Decision or not. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's we, we, we've all we've all been there. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect, you're perfect, no one is perfect, but you know, we, we have we have made some decisions that we wish like gosh, man, you know, I shouldn't have made that decision. And yeah. it happens. It's part of life, you know, hopefully you can recover from it and and you don't make it that make that decision make the same choice again. So it's like learning from your mistakes. It's like teaching your kids, teaching a sport, teaching the CEO of a business, um, you know, helping clients teach you about being the best employee. Like you gotta constantly be learning. And I say you stop learning, you stop living. Mm-hmm. When it comes to making choices, we help y'all keep choosing to listen to Believe in Kentucky because we enjoy doing it every week. Uh, y'all keep checking us out. Keep giving us ratings on iTunes. Give us those five-star ratings. Tell your friends about us. Old school word of mouth advertising and <laughs> making us out every week, man. We keep here doing our thing. Yes, sir. Man. Oh, yeah, this, this has been a great week, man. Like I said, we're looking forward to the, uh, to the weekend. I know you're going to spend some quality time with your family and I will be doing the same. So, you know, we've had, we've had another successful podcast. And I'll, I'm gonna let you do what you do best, man. You take us out, man. I, I wish we had some sky the limit, but you know we gotta we got we gotta work on the outro. But I'll let you do it because you do a, a, a tremendous job of taking us out. I appreciate it, man. We got the cats will definitely hopefully come out and play inspired for Coach Schlammer tomorrow against Vanderbilt. That is one of the few games that's gonna be played. So hope you know there'll be a lot of emotion when they come out to take the field tomorrow. Um, you enjoy yourself. Enjoy dinner with your daughter. Keep checking us out, like we say. Thanks again to La Rain. Everybody have a great weekend. Appreciate y'all checking us out on Believe in Kentucky. Take care, y'all. See y'all next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.